Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio out of Lorain, Ohio, and we thank you for tuning in this morning. Very happy during this Christmas holidays that uh, we have a chance to be broadcasting. Thank you for, again, listening this morning. And if you're having any problems or any static, you can live stream us. Simply go to www.wnzn.org. That's www.wnzn.org. And like I said, you know, it's like this year is rapidly coming to an end, and I really like the fact that Christmas always comes before New Year. Yeah. Because I think it offers us an opportunity to think about our Lord and, and just to contemplate our relationship with Jesus, and then how might that affect us going into a brand new year of 2022. So I'm hitting here in our studio with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. John, great to be here again. Good to be here, David. It's going to be almost one of the last shows of the year. Yeah. What a year. Boy. I mean, no so kidding. much has happened. Hasn't it? There's an old Chinese proverb they used to say with newborn baby, may you live in interesting times. And I think we do live in interesting <laughs> times. <you laughs> Have know? we ever the last 18, 20 months? Change is here to stay. Boy. So um, having said that, and of course, I think it's just such a great <clears throat> moment to look at Christmas, look at the birth of this baby Jesus. And, you know, I was doing some research. You know, we have seven... 7.5 billion people on planet Earth today. Guess mm. 7.5 billion. Yeah. And when these uh, population uh, research scientists try to figure out how many people have lived on this planet, they come up with all different kind of numbers, right. like 20 billion, 30 billion, 50 billion. Depends how far back you go. But think about it. Let's say just for the sake of conversation, 25 billion people have lived on this planet. 7.5 or... Um, why this baby and why this birthday? Yes. You know, and why does he split our calendar, you know, from before his birth to after his birth? And why is your birthday and my birthday based on his birthday? Right. So we want to look at that and, and discuss that, that Jesus just didn't appear, you know, just this it came about, but it was prophesied. It was predicted. It was <clears throat> foreshadowed in the Old Testament that there was this coming king, you know, the son of David, this Messiah, the Christ, is going to come, and he's going to change everything, which he essentially did and is still doing. And I wanted to look specifically at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I know you've done research on this too, David. And let's uh, pick up. I mean, I want to just start, just people don't often look to Galatians. But Galatians chapter 4 uh, says something very interesting. We're going to come back to this. But it says this, Galatians 4, verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoptions as sons. But notice that in the fullness of time. Some people will say, well, why did God send his son then? Why not now? Or why not a thousand years mm -hmm. before that? All we know that it was the fullness of time, and it was perfect timing that Jesus came into this world. So we're going to look at some of those items as we go yes. forward. Dave. Maybe you want to share something as we move in. Well, yeah. I mean, as I was doing the research for this, you know, um, the Bible scholars, you know, concluded that hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, there's what, John? More than uh, 300 prophecies that record or tell us of his coming, his life, his journey to the cross, and the power of his resurrection. So almost 300 prophecies. And it starts right in Genesis uh, with Adam and Eve, you know, for telling that... Uh, you know, that God's son would be born and come to save us. Do you so, want to read that? Do you have that verse in uh, yeah, Genesis sure 3.15? Yeah, so I sure do. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. 
So here we have, they yeah. call this the Proto-Evangelium or the early right. news of the gospel. But what those elements in there is where God comes seeking lost Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? And of course, Adam mm -hmm. and Eve are hiding. They've covered themselves with leaves. They're shamed. They're sinned. Uh, listen to the devil to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then God addresses the devil, uh, the serpent. Yes. And that's where that you just read that passage, mm -hmm. a single passage. But what's interesting, he says, the seed of the woman. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a hint of the virgin birth because yes. the seed is contained within the man. We know that. But here's the seed of the woman. And then it says, he will crush your head. Now, in olden times, in when the head was crushed, you crushed the head of your enemy, that was the head shot, or yeah. what we call yeah. das Kapitas. Yeah. Sometimes they even yeah. stand on top of the enemy and put their their uh, head, you know, their foot on their on their head to indicate mm -hmm. we defeat them. But in the process, he will bruise your heel. Yes. So the the coming one, the seed of the woman, is going to destroy the works of the enemy. We're told that in First John. Yeah. Yeah. But in the process, he will injure this. Yes. And we know it says in Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities so this this is this kind of launches this redemptive plan of god right that away one, right away right, 1500 years before christ was born oh about that this no, no genesis this, this yeah. is thousands of years probably. right 1500 years or about or even no more. that's when moses wrote it oh okay no 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 this promise is at the beginning of time oh at wow the beginning of sure. creation time Got but it. your point in mm -hmm. moses is moved by the holy spirit right approximately yeah 1500 years right what we would call 3,500 mm -hmm. years ago from right now, to be inspired to write that. Sure. But what's in, you know, right from the beginning, God has a plan. I think that's what we're saying here. That's right. And he's going to work out that plan. And as you move through the scriptures, of course, and you come to places like in Isaiah, and that's where you see, well, how is God going to bring about this? And then we see like in Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 7, right? Um, he will say, uh, this is going to be a great sign. Verse 11, God says to Ahaz, ask me for a sign. A sign is something special, unique right. for yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask it either the depth or the height. In other words, it doesn't matter. And Ahaz doesn't, says, I will not ask you for a sign. Then the Lord says, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing to worry men? Will you worry me also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel. Right. See that? Remember the yes. seed of the woman? Now God is starting to unfold his plan. And he says, a virgin born. And you will call him what? God with us. Emmanuel. That's the Christmas story. And again, like you say, this is 600 years prior mm -hmm. to the event. Flip over two chapters in chapter 9. There's this coming one. And you can see it if you look at, if maybe... If, you will look at verse 9, I mean chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Sure. If you have that data. Yep. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress in the past. He humbled in the land of Zebulun, in the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea behind the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light was dawned. Keep going. Yeah. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Okay, so here we see 
there's there's a coming light. He says, mm-hmm. it's coming to the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. Well, those are the provinces where the Galilee is mm-hmm. up north. Yeah. Like we live in, let's say you live in Rocky River, but you live in Cuyahoga County. In other right. words, these tribal areas are almost like present day. But that's where Jesus' ministry grew up, you see, up in that yeah. region. It says, he's coming. Those that sit in darkness have seen a great light. Of course, Jesus is the light of the world. So here it's telling the Messiah is coming. And then when you come down to verse 6, it says this in chapter 9 of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now notice, a child is born, that's his humanity. He came and took upon himself flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt. That's a Christmas story. Mm -hmm. But he says, unto us a son is given. Right. That's his eternal sonship with God. You see the distinction here? One is his humanity. The other is his sonship. For God so loved the world. See, there it is. For God didn't just love the world, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is your essential message of Christmas that Mm -hmm. God gave. That's why even to this day, there's this emphasis on giving. Even though it's very commercialized, there's this emphasis on giving at Christmas. And so um, there's the gospel in a sense. If the, the, the word gospel actually comes out of John three sixteen. If you look at it, for God, there's yeah, G, right. so loved the world that he gave his only, there's son, O, right. uh, gave his only beloved son, there's your S, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, there's your P, but have everlasting life. The gospel is contained in John right. three sixteen. Yeah, you know it has some. That's why you always see it at football games. Yeah, I heard the guy that takes it to football <laughs> games doesn't even care for football, but he's always gets that seat by the yes. goalpost, and people can see it. Yeah, and people don't they don't realize to in, in, investigate the claims of Christ. It's what we call unexamined unbelief. Mm-hmm. People just don't look at what we're looking at today and saying, how is this possible 600 years before the event that all this prophecy is coming? And then it says, you, the, back in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. I mean, come on. Yeah. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David... Of his kingdom. See, David was Judah, was the line of kings. Mm-hmm. He didn't come from the tribe of Levi. So this coming one is coming from the he's a son of David. And he's going to establish judgment and justice, and his throne will be an everlasting throne. Well, right. who fits the bill? Nobody except him. It's the fits the bill. That's the idea of kingship. <laughs> right. So as you go through um Yeah, and, and John, I think the distinction too there is you know, for the people that look at Jesus just as a prophet, there is no way a prophet could fulfill everything no that, uh, that that you just, um, just uh, you know, uh, reviewed. There is no way. It's the Son of God or, or we're all fooling ourselves. Yeah, there's no, there's no yeah. other, there's no wiggle room here. There I isn't, mean, yeah. I mean, as you move along mm-hmm. in the scripture, and of course we know that before he comes, he's going to send the messenger to prepare the way, which is John the Baptist. But he's coming, and when he comes, everything is <laughs> like flipped upside down. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's bringing salvation. The, mm-hmm. the name Jesus means, Yeshua means mm-hmm. God saves, his very name. Right. His title is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So you start working with all these titles right. and attributes of Jesus. It, what prophet of God 
Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, none of them would make these kind of claims. No way. But Jesus does. Right. Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And so as you move through the scripture, we'll come back to the Old Testament. Yeah. But nevertheless, as you move into the New Testament, you see the fact that he's coming. One more in, in Isaiah, just because it fits the Christmas story. Yeah. In Isaiah chapter 40, it will say this introduces John the Baptist. And of course, we know he was the cousin of Jesus and his mother is Elizabeth, mm -hmm. who is related to Mary. But look at verse 3 of, of Isaiah chapter 40. We saw the birth of Jesus in right. Isaiah 7 and 9. Now in chapter 40, verse 3 through 5, we see this description of this coming one to prepare the way. Right. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See what he's saying? Here's the oh, one yeah. coming out of the wilderness. That's John. And he's, he's preaching repentance. This is poetic language when it says, every valley shall be exalted, uh -huh. every mountain brought low. You know, real prideful will be brought low. Crooked places shall be made straight. You know, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And then it says, the glory of the Lord shall reveal. Well, it says in John chapter 1, Jesus is the manifest glory of God. All flesh shall mm -hmm. see it. In other words, Israel's going to see him. The mouth of the Lord has proclaimed it. And then when you come down to verse to verse 10, same chapter, it says, Behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. His work is before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. He will carry them in his bosom. He gently leads those who are with young. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Yes. So do you see how John introduces the good right. shepherd? It's just beautiful. It sure is. This is 600 years out. Wow. You know, this is, what I tell people is, I mean, look, okay, in, in three, <laughs> what is it? Three more months, we're going to have a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. If right now I wrote down on a piece of paper, two teams, a final score, and the attendance in that stadium at the Super Bowl, put it in a sealed envelope, gave it to you, the day after the Super Bowl, you opened it, and those three predictions all came true, what would you think? It was crazy. I mean, yes. that's unbelievable. Three right. predictions, three months away. Mm -hmm. But like you say, what if you had a hundred predictions yeah. or foreshadowings mm -hmm. or prophecies? Three hundred you know, prophecies. And they're all yeah. hitting with great specificity. They're all hitting the target. Boom, boom, they're all boom. hitting the target. At a certain time. There's like not even wiggle room. It is. They're all right on the target. You can't do it no unless way. it's true. Unless it's the word of God. It's exactly right. That's it. So, that's all there so is. Yeah. then when you come to, to Micah, that we'll pick this up and then move to the New Testament. Uh -huh. But when you look at Micah, this mm -hmm. is, see, when the... When the wise men come from the east, they may be coming from Persia, which is present-day Iran. We don't know. But they knew that there was this coming king of the Jews was coming. A right. They Probably when Daniel and all them went into captivity hundreds of years earlier, they took the scrolls with them. Mm -hmm. And they told them this coming Messiah, this coming right. son. Of, so even though these guys weren't Jewish, they had this interest. Mm -hmm. Okay, they, All of a sudden, they see this spectacular mm -hmm. sign, this mm -hmm. star, you know, and it's leading them towards Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But it says here, when they get to Jerusalem, you can imagine when these this entourage came to town. We call them wise men or the kings of the east. They were or magi. They were probably they were they were wise men, like seers, they they call them. They advised the king about the times and the seasons. 
But when they're coming, they're coming in an entourage. They're coming from a place that takes them months to move across that great distance. They have wealth with them. We know because they give gold and incense and all this. They have servants. They probably have guards with them, you know, camels, horses, mules. Can you imagine them coming into Jerusalem and facing Herod the Great? Right. And they ask him, where's the, where's the king of the Jews to be born? And Herod is crazy for power. He right. killed two of his sons. Mm -hmm. Because he thought they'd take the throne. Mm -hmm. He killed his favorite wife because right. he thought she was mm -hmm. conspiring. So he, he wants to know so he can kill this, this one that's to be born, this king of the right. Jews. Right. And But he, he doesn't know. And he says, where? And they go, we don't know. We've fallen this star. Mm -hmm. And he calls these scribes that know the scripture. And they go, where's this mm -hmm. Messiah? Where's this king of the Jews? And they take him right to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Yeah. They take him right. To, and he go, they go, here's the answer. They say yeah. this. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, O thou, you are little among the thousands of Judah, mm -hmm. yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be the ruler in Israel, who's going forth from old, from everlasting. So this tells us a lot. A, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. Of course, Jesus is the bread of life. Bethlehem is the birthplace of David. Yes. And of course, that's the <clears throat> Judaic line. That's the right. kingly line. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, we see he is the ruler. He is the king of kings. And that's why they're coming. They want to find the king of the Jews. The, the interesting, it's the very thing they put on the cross at Jesus' crucifixion. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 And then it says, whose going forth is from everlasting. This was in God's plan all along. And therefore, when he comes, it says in verse 4, and he shall stand and do what? Feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord God. And they shall abide, and now he shall be great. And this one shall be peace, verse 5. Do you see those shepherd kind of attributes to this? Right. Come very similar to Isaiah. Right. Isn't it interesting that shepherds will be the first one right. to see the newborn Absolutely. baby? Absolutely. They were like the lowest I know. on the occupation mm -hmm. scale at that time. But they're the ones that will come to see the great shepherd. Isn't that interesting? These threads on tapestry come together. Yeah, let alone how he was born. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And uh, so... Yeah, you might want to share that in Luke or Matthew. Those are your predominantly uh, main... Uh, narratives about the birth of our Lord, uh, both in Matthew and Luke. Some provide detail that the other doesn't have, but it mm -hmm. brings us what we pretty much call the Christmas story. You know, this is this is what happened, and it's a specific time. We know that Herod the Great is yes. indeed a ruler at that time, yeah. um, a very powerful man. You can see today to this very day what he built. Uh, it's quite amazing, and uh, when when it happens. It seems like everything is shaken because even the angels, it says in, in Matthew, um, uh, well, in, that he's coming. And then Mary uh, tells this idea that uh, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, betrothed to Joseph, before they came to, together, they was found with the Holy Spirit. So he's in, she's, it's his miraculous birth. That was what I'm saying. His entry into the world is miraculous. His exit from the world is miraculous. Yes. And his whole <clears throat> life is miraculous. Yeah. Um, but then at another level, it's very common. I mean, he's just raised in this household in a little town called Nazareth. You know, perhaps trade as a carpenter, a masonry, you know. And then he comes of age. In those three years, everything's going to change. And... Um, so now she's going to bring forth a son. It says in verse 21, and she will bring forth a son. So it's just remember that in Isaiah, to unto us a son is given. And you shall call his name Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. So this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. And there's what we just read in Isaiah chapter 7. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God. So there we see. And then it's after that, when you go down and the wise men are coming and they go to Herod. And that's when they calls the scribes, verse 4 of chapter 2. Where is he going to be born? And they said, verse 5, in Bethlehem, for the prophet said. And that's what we just looked at, Micah chapter. So you see all these threads oh, yeah. of prophecy are coming together. They're coalescing, or they're just grouping themselves into this tapestry of the Christmas story. It just didn't happen. It was predicted. No, it was absolutely. prophesied. And so there we see how this thing is starting to unfold. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, John, in terms of the Old Testament, uh, the other one I like is a star would point the way towards Christ in Numbers twenty four seventeen. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come from Jacob, and a scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush through the forehead of Moab, and tear down all the sons of Sheth. So God places the star in the sky to lead the Magi to Christ that they, they might worship him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And whatever it is, looking at that star, it's something... Now, we do know these guys were stargazers. Mm -hmm. They looked to the seasons. They looked to the phases of the moon. But then all of a sudden, this things appear in the sky, and it's unusual. Yeah, right. I mean, when does a star lead you? You know, right. it's not a GPS. Yeah. And it's moving. Right. But what's interesting about this star, it says uh, in chapter 2... Um, where are you? Which... Uh, in Matthew chapter uh -huh. 2, it says in verse 9, um, I'm sorry, in verse 8, and he sent to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. This is Herod speaking to the wise men. And when you have found him, bring him back word to me that I may come and worship him. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen mm -hmm. in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, this is interesting because... Um, they actually come to a house. Verse 11 says, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. This is not the stable scene we see in the, you know, he's not a, a newborn infant here. He's a child. They're no longer in a stable. They're in a house. So she's probably recovering from childbirth and this little baby is starting to grow. Maybe it's two right. months old. Maybe it's six months old. We don't right. know for sure. Yeah. But it's interesting that this star moves. It stops yeah. and moves again and then hovers or something right over the place of the birth. Now, how do you get that? Yeah. Some feel that this could be the Shekinah glory of God. Remember in the Old Testament how God led them through the wilderness with the tabernacle? Yes. He had a pillar of fire yes. at night, remember? And, yes. and, a, and a, a pillar of smoke mm -hmm. by day. It indicated his presence. And when it moved, they broke camp and they moved oh, with I it. I never put that And together. at night, yeah. they would follow the light of the, what right. was called the Shekinah glory. Right. It was brilliant light, like a GPS system. Could it have been that where it could move Stop, move, stop. But ultimately, it would come and rest where God was. I never put that together. I'm just, I'm just offering yeah. that. We don't know, uh -huh. scripturally speaking, that like could be a possibility. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. see a star. I mean, a star couldn't hover over your no. house, David. It could have <laughs> cover over all our houses, but not specifically your house or my yeah. house. But that's one sort of theory mm -hmm. that kind of fits with the GPS system in the Old Testament where God had a pillar of fire right. by night. Right. To lead his people. Yeah. You know, and I it, like that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, again, we're looking at this. I always say, you know, why this baby? Why this birthday? I mean, 
well, it's 2,000 years later, David, we're studying this thing. And even unbelievers, when I lived in Asia, they would decorate the department stores for Christmas. Yes. They didn't know why, maybe, but they decorated it. But it's not, it's not Mahatma Gandhi. It's not Napoleon. It's not Julius Caesar. It's mm -mm. not Albert Einstein. Why this person? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so miraculous. It's so transformational. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, the other one is uh, we go back to Genesis, Genesis 12, 3. It says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And this verse, God's making a promise to Abraham that he would make him a great nation. As part of that promise, he also tells him uh, that all the people on the earth will be best, be blessed through you. The blessing uh, points to the, re you know, the redeemed people. Right. Um, and the blessings of salvation for all who would believe. Um, but, you know, it's it's all part of, uh, you know, Christ coming and how he's going to bless all the nations. Yeah, I mean, like you're quoting from the famous yeah. blessing given to Abraham. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a promise. Right. And I ask people, has your family been blessed? Well, right. if your family is Christ-centered, yeah. if your family has accepted Christ, you're a blessed family. You are. That goes way back thousands yeah. of years. But that blessing comes ultimately. Well, we know the Jewish people brought the prophets. The Jewish people brought the scriptures. But most importantly, they brought the Messiah. Yeah. And if you accept the Messiah, your family is blessed. Yes. And that's a continuation of a blessing. What's beautiful about that is we can now bless our children with that blessing who bless their grandchildren. You see what I'm saying? It's generational. Yeah. I mean, they have to accept Christ for their own self. But nevertheless, if you truly look at a Christ-centered family... They might have difficulties and hardship. I oh, don't absolutely. minimize that. Yeah. But there's a blessing. Am I right? Well, yeah. you know, I, and, and I think I think that's where um, some like when I first became a Christian, I thought, man, smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. And the opposite happened. So you know, and and I think at that point you start to think about the fact that the enemy tries to come in to discourage you from that path. Yeah. And you know, you look at the parable of the seeds. You know, the, some of the seeds fell on the path. Some of them fell on shallow ground. Some of them fell on deep soil. So it goes back to that. But you have to realize you are going to have a ton of problems. But the promise God gave from the time of Genesis that the perfect Adam would come, the second Adam, to save us from our sins, redeem us, and give us eternal life, regardless of what's going on with you. That's why you want to stay focused on the path you're on as a Christian, even though it's hard. Yeah, and yeah. don't get knocked off that path because the the gifts awaiting you far surpass any challenges you're going to have. Exactly, yeah. You, know? yeah. you just have to remember. That's the hard part, though, John. And I think now, uh, you know, the beautiful time of Christmas, especially with what, again, has gone on this year, Yeah. and you take a look at how many people have suffered... Um, and what's happened with the pandemic, you know, lost jobs, small businesses closing down, people dying, a lot of people, uh, you know, disgruntled, uh, a lot of, you know, um, virtual calls versus uh -huh. people seeing each other's eyeballs, which causes depression in a big way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you take a look at all that stuff, but now, now we get into the beauty and uh, this message about, this glorious message about what's to come here in a few days. Exactly and, and right. it makes everything just like, it's in the rearview mirror now. And now we get focused on the incredible gift that God's given us. Yeah, you're exactly right, David. And again, why why is this the case? You know, yeah. this one this one person uh, has, changed, has changed everything. You know, yes. I mean, there's no getting around it. Um, 
as nations, as yeah. you know, how can this be? Well, John, you know, I, I guess I just started thinking about the fact that, yeah, we've had a, a lot of people have had a very rough year. Uh, the you know 2020 was the same. You could you could go back as far as 9/11 and during the Christmas time we said certain things that were similar that we're saying today uh-huh. about this tumultuous year and the challenges people faced. But what are we telling everybody with the Word of God? Exactly. It stays the same. Exactly right. And we're here saying we're quoting the same scripture that is in the Bible. Because uh, it's the word of God, but that stays the same regardless of what's changing from one year to the next, good yeah. or bad. Uh-huh. And and that's the reason you need to rely on it. Like a, I hate to use the term crutch, but doggone it, it might not be a bad you know way to look at it. You hang on to that Bible when things are really tough, and, yeah, and that's what you rely on. You don't rely on you know some other ways to get your brain dull. Uh, th- this is this is the thing you can. This is your anchor. Exactly your right. Foundation. There's just no regardless of what's going on. It, and that that's that's the whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't change. I no. mean, even again, even though this this world is chaotic, yeah. there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of fear right. uh, going on at this particular time. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, this man's life changes. He changed people back then. Right. He changed people now. Let me read. This is a very interesting now. Uh, uh, what's called One Solitary Life. It says this, when you think about Christmas and what's going on. He still is the reason for the season. Always will be. Singing about a man who was a baby, who became a boy and became a man. Born in an obscure village, a child of a peasant woman, he actually grew up in another village where he worked as a carpenter shop until he was 30. And for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never really had a family of his own, never went to college, never set foot in a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place that he was born. Right. He never did the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. Every one of his best friends denied, one of his best friends denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through a mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on this earth, and that was his coat. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty long centuries have come and gone, and today he is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress. I'm far within the mark when I say that all the armies that were ever marched, all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned, all put together, have not affected the lives on this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. Yeah. Wow. How can that be? Yeah. Look at history. Hospitals built, orphanages, um, prison reform, rescue plans, colleges, universities. Oh, music, uh, art, yes, all because of this <laughs> this this Nazarene, this yes. man who lived to be thirty three years old, and we can't even go to his gravesite because the grave is empty. Right, the tomb is empty. Everything about him shouts mystery and, and magnificence and miracles. And what I encourage the listeners to do today, David, is do you know him? Have you really considered him and looked afresh this Christmas season? 
at this person called Jesus Christ. Yes. He is not simply a prophet or a good man or a holy man. He, he goes way beyond that. But he wants you to know him and he wants to know you. You see, it's not enough to know about Jesus. I knew about Jesus growing up. I, I went to church. I sang in the choir. You know, I did all these things I was supposed to do as a young man mm -hmm. in church. But I didn't know Jesus. You see, it wasn't until I was in 1975 when I was 27 years old that I committed my life to Christ and what the Bible calls I was born again right. or born anew and, yeah. and dwelt with the Holy Spirit. Then I knew him. And more importantly, he knew me. Because Jesus says, many will come to me on that day, say, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that in your name? And he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Yes. You see, we need to know, have that intimate. It's not good enough to know about Jesus. We have to know Jesus. Yeah. See, yeah. that's what the Christmas, every Christmas, that's why I say I like that Christmas becomes before New Year's. Because every Christmas we should re reflect on what is our relationship with Jesus. You know, maybe I, you know, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to do all these religious things, moral things. But do I know him? I'm not a Christian because I do Christian things. I do Christian things because I'm a Christian. You see? And yes. that's the whole Christmas story. Because everybody in the Christmas story, if you look at it, David, the wise men, the shepherds, the angels, Herod, Herod's yeah. soldiers, the scribes, they all had a different opinion of who Jesus was. Right. They all impacted yeah. him because Jesus forces you to make a decision. He forces you. He, he occupies too big a, what I call a lump in the rug of human history. Yes. You can't dismiss him. you no gotta make a, you got to make a statement about it. And I would encourage people to look at his life this Christmas season and look at what the scriptures say and say, Lord... If, if maybe I don't have a relationship with it, would you please reveal yourself to me this Christmas? Because the Bible clearly says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all may come to repentance. Yes. And that's the message of Christmas, really. Get rid of the, you know, you got the trees, you got the lights, you got the gifts and all that. I, I Family gathering and these great Christmas carols, which are great. But underneath it all is this man came into the world. And why celebrate his birthday? Yeah. There's been great people that come and gone, right? Why his? Absolutely. And and you think about what he did coming down from paradise to not only, I mean, he became a fetus. He went through the whole process yeah. of humanity to save us. Exactly right. I mean, think about that. The creator of heaven and earth decided and agreed to do that for us. And, you know, what, once I really started to, to think about that uh, and dwell on it, you know, I realize that, you know, there really is something here that I need to investigate further. You're exactly and, right. Uh, and the other thing, too, is um, is his nature about, you know, his yoke is easy, Christ says. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's very humble. Uh, things kind of uh, just skate over his head a lot exactly. of times. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get, um, I guess, embedded in what's going on materially around him or in this physical world. And you just see him, he's on his path all the way through. And the whole Bible is about his story. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the beautiful thing. I never got that. I, I, I was really confused reading the Old Testament. I've said this before on the show, until I finally got that. When it registered at the start of Genesis that God was going to send his only son to save us after we screwed it up in the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah, right. Um, we had everything we were offered everything. We were in charge of our own domain. We were in charge of all the animals, 
of the earth itself, the only thing we weren't supposed to do is touch that tree and the fruit. Eat, eat, eat right, eat, eat, right. Mm-hmm. So when you take a look at that, um, and that we wanted that too. <laughs> wanted to be like God. Wanted <laughs> yeah. to be like God. So the same thing happened to Satan. You yeah. know, he wanted to be like God, and look what happened. So um, I, I think th- if there's any gift you can give yourself this Christmas that you'll remember, start reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Just just what I would do is pray, before, and you've, you've told me this too, John, and man, it works a lot of times for me. Pray about what's going on with you and just open the Bible mm-hmm. to wherever your hands go and just start start getting into the Bible. And maybe start with the New Testament. It's a little bit easier to digest. Oh, yeah. I would start, yeah. What I recommend people that are curious, not yet a believer, is pray, like you say, David. Always try to pray before you study Scripture because you're inviting the Holy Spirit to lead you. And and it says in Psalm, open my eyes, Lord, that I might see wonderful things out of your word. So you prayed. Mm -hmm. And if you start with the Gospel of John and just do one chapter per day, even though you might not understand everything, the Holy Spirit will start revealing things to you. And the Gospel of John moves through these special miracles or what John calls signs and reveals the deity of Jesus Christ, the love of Christ. But it ends with Thomas touching the wounds of Jesus and saying, my Lord and my God. And one of the last verses, well, in chapter 20, John will say, these things I have written unto you that Mm -hmm. you might know that Jesus Christ is the son of God and in believing him, you will have eternal life. Yes. You see, the idea there, uh, that's why he wrote this book to move the reader to the point of conviction and belief. It's a beautiful book. I mean, all the Gospels are beautiful. Oh, yeah. But I always like John uh, because I think it's very clear, uh, the salvation message there. And, of course, they're interesting. Unlike Matthew and Luke, it doesn't start with the birth story, the Christmas story. It starts in eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. And then later in the same chapter, it says, and the Word became flesh. Mm Mm-hmm incarnation that's the birth and dwelt amongst us and then it says he came to his own which is israel the jewish people but his own received him not they actually right. rejected him as a nation but it, then at the really beautiful verse in chapter 1 verse 12 it says but to as many as received him to begin he gave the privilege to become a child of god now what greater gift could you have we going can't. into 2022 we can't you know i, I accepted christ 1975 that's 25 21 what is that 30, 40 years and more mm-hmm. ago. I mean, it's just, there's nothing better. I mean, it's just, it answers life's biggest questions. Yeah. You know, about what am I doing here? How should I live my life? How should I raise my children? How should I spend my time? It gives you a sense of peace, an assurance that your sins are forgiven, the, the promise that he goes to prepare a place for you, and yeah. your last breath is not the end. It's just a comma followed by an exclamation mark when you wake up in heaven. Yeah, right. And too many people live life, and then death is big question mark. What's going to happen? Well, you, you don't need to have that. Jesus says, he that has the Son has life. Yes. He that should not see death, but the love. So you have that promise of, of life's big issues. So again, I mean, we don't have many minutes left, but I would like to encourage people to really reflect on Christmas and what it meant this season. You know, yeah. there's so many... So many distractions out there, David, that keeps people from like, you know, it's almost like you, you got the Christmas tree, you got the light, you got all these gifts and all this wrapping paper, but you got to dig through all that stuff, right? Am I right? You got to yes. dig through all the chaos in the world and all the noise and all and dig deep 
and see, wow, it was about the birth of this this miracle baby. You know, nothing's the same. No, exactly. But, you know, John, it's like everything else. We have to see it working in our life. Yeah. And uh, and the only way to see it working in our life is you got to take the steps to start letting it work in oh, your yeah. life. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I know I know the way I was uh, before I became a Christian where I, I would sit there and I'd get angry at God. And, you know, uh, but I wasn't investing in God. So, you know, I was kind of sitting in the bleachers saying, hey, how come this didn't happen? Mm-hmm. Or why did this person die? Or, you know, why did this happen? Right. But I wasn't invested in the word, and that's how you get invested in God. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not going to invest in the Bible, you, will, you cannot have this kind of relationship. And once you have this relationship, regardless of what's going on with you, you can just give it to him. And you can say, you know, Father, take this from me. I trust you exactly. and the outcome that, that's going to occur. And that's very freeing, but the only way to do it is you have to believe that this is the Son of God and not just a prophet. That's right. And that he came down to save us. And that gets you into the word because then you realize there's a reason to do it if he made that sacrifice for us. Exactly right. If you don't believe that sacrifice and you think he's just a prophet, you're not you're not gonna see it. You you're won't not gonna see, see it. the full picture. No. Yeah. You're right, David. And that's where it's C.S. Lewis. Yeah. It's called the trilemma, but he's he has these three statements. Right. He says, look it. Either Jesus came and he was a liar. He, he mm-hmm. said he was the son of God. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He says he has the power to forgive sins. He's coming back on clouds of judgment. If anyone says that and, and knows it's not true, he's a lawyer, right? Or number two, he's a lunatic. Yes. Anyone, that, it'd be like you going downtown and a guy's on a soapbox. And he says, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte. I'm Napoleon Bonaparte. Well, you think he was crazy, right? Yes. Or I'm Julius Caesar. I'm Julius, we think, okay. Yes. You know, he, he's got to go to a hospital, mental hospital or something. But for this man, Jesus, to make these claims, mm-hmm. but he doesn't just make the claims. They say, how can you forgive sins? You're, he says, all right, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven? Yeah. Or take up your bed this, to this paralyzed man. He says, take up your bed and walk. He raises the dead. He calms the storm. He casts out demons. All of these things. So he's either a lawyer a lunatic, or he is Lord. Yeah. And that's why C.S. Lewis said, do not say he's a good man, he's a prophet, he's a, a guru, and all this right. other stuff. Yeah. He is either God come in the flesh, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. or forget it. There's no in-between. There's no gray. In right. this, you know, it's binary. Yeah. It's either he is yeah. or he is not. Yeah. It, it, you know, one of the great Christian authors, as you mentioned, is C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And I like this quote. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. And and I think that's that's what we gotta understand. Oh yeah. That yeah, you know, God there's, is... there's two realms here. Yeah. We have the physical realm and the spiritual realm, and that ties into a whole bunch of other things for another show. But you you gotta when you're not satisfied in life, regardless of what you've been doing or, or things you've been, you know, grabbing to calm you down or make you happy and you're still not satisfied. Right. Another right, right. reason to reach for the Bible. Exactly. Because right. you'll you you will become fulfilled in a way you've never been. Yeah, because what you're pointing at, and like you say, this is another show. Yeah. But it goes to the fact that 
God has put into us these desires. If you, you have a hunger for food, you have a hunger for food, that indicates that there must be food out there to satisfy that hunger. If you've got a thirst for a fluid or for water, that indicates there's a... So if you have a, a deep longing in your heart that there's something more to life than just this, that suggests there is something more. That's why St. Augustine yeah. would say, our hearts are hungry, O Lord, until they find their rest in thee. There's nothing out in this world that can fully satisfy that which that's was in correct. me. That's correct. You know, that, that, that's what Amen. Jesus does. Yeah. He he comes and he, that's why these you have Christians that they spend their life in prison, but they have a sense of joy and purpose and direction. They'll even give their lives for Jesus. You know, I mean, where does that come from? Right. You know, so, yeah, um, yeah again, it always comes back to the Christmas story, this miracle mm-hmm. birth. And then it says when Jesus comes, he, he comes and he's coming in full beauty yeah. and, and pure light. Uh, there's one Old Testament scripture. We don't have much longer. And yeah. I wanted to look at this one. And I, I absolutely love this one. Sure. It's in the last book of the Old Testament, right? Now, when this Old Testament closes, mm-hmm. it's 400 years of silence. There's no prophet in the land, right? It opens again with the announcement to John the Baptist's father that your wife is going to bear a son. and You're going to call him John. So there's 400 years from when the curtain closes here with Malachi until it opens again with the start of the New Testament. Okay. But there's this promise given in chapter 3. Of Malachi? Malachi, just one verse. Now look at this. It starts by saying, behold. Anytime you see behold, that means be attentive or alert. You know, this like behold the Lamb of God. It's like kind of like, you know, this is a great announcement. Behold. I send my messenger. This is God speaking, right? right? I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Yeah. This suggesting that God is coming. Mm-hmm. But before he comes, he's going to send this messenger. Right. Who is John the Baptist. The Lord whom you seek. So again, it's not just sending a prophet. He's, the Lord yeah. himself is coming. Right. There were people that were seeking him. Right. Like Anna and Simeon in the, in the temple. Now he comes to his temple. You'll see that in the Christmas story when Joseph and Mary bring him to be presented in the temple. And Anna holds him. Simeon gives this great prophecy. And then it says about him, he is the messenger of the covenant. Well, what was one of the things Jesus came to do? Bring the new covenant. And it says, in whom you delight. There were people that were looking for his coming. Behold, he is coming. Who's coming? The Lord of hosts. God is coming. He's sending his messenger. He's going to establish the covenant. He's going to come to his temple. When was the temple destroyed? 70 A.D. Yes. So whoever this is, he has to come before 70 A.D. Who fits the bill? Only only Jesus. There's only one. That's Old Testament, man. (laughs) Right. That's 500 years before the event. Yeah. You see? So as you start, as you say, studying the Bible in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament, you'll see these lines of prophecy and foreshadowing prediction they all come and they and they gather it's together. It's like all they, connecting the dots. They coalesce. They all go to the, the same target. Yeah, yeah. It's and, beautiful how and, it works and, out. And, and there's all this. There was always these prophecies in the Old Testament. When Messiah come, he would be a light to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. See, because Israel always thought it was their Messiah. He's, yeah. he belongs to them, so to speak. And this idea of to the Gentiles was a little bit disturbing. But all through the scripture, the Gentiles, this is not just mm-hmm. for the Jewish people. Yeah. And that's why you see these wise men coming mm-hmm. that are Gentiles. They go a great distance, great risk, great treasure mm-hmm. they're going to bring to see who? This king of the Jews who's going to bless the Gentiles. 
Who, so if, if Jesus is not the light of the Gentiles, the blessing, who is? Right. Are we just still waiting for him? You see what I'm saying, David? Yeah. He fulfills everything. Yes, he does. And sometimes you want to shout up and you know jump up and down because... <laughs> you, you know that one. song, go, go Tell It on the Mountain? Yeah, right. Exactly right. That, that's the kind that's of excitement. Yeah, that's yes. the kind of excitement we should have right now. Yeah. He has come. He's yeah. come. He's changed He's everything. He's not coming. He has come. He's come. He's come. He's come. Period. And you can yeah. know it for a certainty mm -hmm. if you want to study. And yeah. here's why people dismiss it. It's what I call unexamined unbelief. Right. Unex they don't look at it. Mm -hmm. And they don't even understand why they don't believe. Right. You know, see what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't even look yeah, at it. And right. I'm encouraging people like me. I didn't look at it. No. I wasn't given a Bible <clears throat> growing up. I'm not no. faulting anybody, but I wasn't. First people to give me a Bible, I was 27 years old. Now I got a New Testament while I went in the Army. The uh, Gideons came right. to the induction center right. down. You know, yeah. Before I went to basic training, they gave me a little New Testament. But it wasn't until I got saved, and it was basically Jesus people that I met, gave me the full Bible. Mm -hmm. And they started showing me how to read, how to understand. Yeah. I go, oh, I didn't, you know, I was like, I didn't know that, you know, mm -hmm. I was just a, a child. Right. And Peter says this. It, it, right. So, First Peter, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. Right. And see, once you come to Christ, you're like a newborn baby. Do you desire the sincere milk of God's word? I see many Christians fail in their Christian walk because they don't desire the milk of the word of God. Once you get the milk and you start to understand basics, then you move on to bread. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, right. but by every mouth. And then once you get that, like you're, you're growing spiritually then paul says i want to feed you strong meat so you can understand the deeper things mm -hmm. like old testament yeah. prophecies fulfilled in the new testament right. see what i say it's spiritual yeah. warfare you start understanding deeper and deeper mm -hmm. things but to your point david you have to invest in this it's to. sowing and reaping mm -hmm. it, it, i mean an athlete will sow yeah. he'll work out he'll I, he'll train he'll <clears throat> he changes his diet so he can win the race yeah a businessman He's going to learn about his product. He's going to get counselors in. He's going to get investors in. He's going to spend night and day to get that product. But if he doesn't sow, mm -hmm. he won't reap. That's right. You know, it's just a law. It is a law. I, I mean, would you rather go out from your house every day with the right tools to, to battle any foe? Or would you rather just let the world come on to you with no tools at all? Exactly Except right. the humanly tools that, that you think you have access to? Yeah. I'd rather have all the tools I can get. Certainly. So regardless of what we're going to face, we can deal with it. And that, that's what this is. So it starts with understanding that this is the Son of God, and then it moves to the benefit of following Christ all the way through. So th this is a glorious time. Oh, it is, bro. Let's you know, rejoice. I, yeah. When I teach this in, in Thailand, they, they, believe me, they have no understanding of the Bible. They have no yeah. background Bible. I said it's, it's simple in this sense. <clears throat> there is a God, yeah. and he visited this planet. Yeah. That's what's on the table. There is a God, and he visited this planet. And mm -hmm. his, the start of that visit is the, is the incarnation. He, the Word of God came, and he dwelt in a virgin womb, and he was born, and he visited this planet, and we treated him horribly after he did nothing but good and displayed incredibly miraculous power, spoke words no man ever spoke yeah. before, like teaching us the Our Father prayer, giving us the parable of the prodigal son, and he left this world in a spectacular mm -hmm. way. Right. Coming out of the grave and ascending to heaven. Right. He enters miraculously. He exits miraculously. Right. He's not a teacher. He's not a prophet. He's, right. the, he's all those things, but so much more. But he's coming for you. He's coming for me. 
everybody listening to this broadcast today, if you've not examined his life, what the scripture says, cut through the clutter, all the Christmas yeah. stuff. I'm not against hit the lights and the wrapping of the gifts, but man, get to the heart of it. This is God visiting this planet in the most humble way. If we wrote this story, David, we wouldn't have written it this way. No way. Not that <laughs> uh, he's coming down, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, born and laid in a manger. That's a feeding trough for animals. Who's going to come visit him? The lowest of the low, which were shepherds, and the highest of the high, which yes. were wise men. Yeah. One was very near, but both had these, this stellar revelation, one from this moving star and the other from angelic realm. Everything connects, David. You see these threads in the tapestry Ab of Christmas absolutely. story? It, especially when you look at the period of years that it took to write the Bible. Uh, what, 2,000, uh, you know, and then 45 different authors? So, well, six, approximately 60 authors. Uh, approximately 40 authors okay. over a period of about 1,500 years. Okay. 1,600 years. How does that happen if it's not God-driven? And, and the story is seamless. It's seamless. It's two books, Old Testament, New Testament, but it's yeah. one story. Right. It's a, and mm -hmm. I always go to the, this the illustration. Yeah. If you look at, if you're in med school, David, and you're, you're looking at the human body, right. you're looking at systems, right? Skeletal system, digestive system, nervous system, glandular system, et cetera. They're all different. Am I right? Yes. But they all form what? Mm -hmm. one, one body. body. Yeah. They're all the same way with the scripture. You have, you have. You have history, you have prophecy, you have proverbs, you have psalms, you have uh, promises, you have commands. All different genre of style and literature, but they all form right. in that singular person right. of Jesus Christ. Right. That's right. It can't be accidental. That's it right. Any more than this world is accidental. Right. You know. Yeah. And so Amen. we're coming to a close. Actually, we're coming to close of the year. Yeah. <laughs> 21. Yeah. I want to thank uh, WNZN yes. for the privilege uh, Mark Ballard and, and Wanda Ewing and all of you guys there. Uh, it, it's just a blessing to be part of this this radio station this past year, David. Yes, it is. We've had yeah, many guests blessed. on. Yeah. We've had missionaries. We've had ministries that can describe and tell about their work mm -hmm. in, in the world. And then uh, we just had time to, to, to look at the Bible. Yes. You know, scripturally, apologetically, try to explain. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is know Jesus better and to make him known. Yeah, I want to know him better. And I want to make him known Amen. to an unbelieving world. Right. And that's our hope and our prayer for all of you listening this day, that going into 2020, we don't know what the future holds. Now we know no who way. holds the future. Yeah. And that's not just a, a little cliche, but mm -hmm. we put our trust in God. Yes. You know, hopefully COVID lifts, the economy starts going forward. We can be at peace, but we don't know. You know, mm -hmm. but, but here's the thing. If you center your life on Jesus Christ, if he's the center point, mm -hmm. all the everything on the outside of that will start, to a degree, becoming more right. orderly. Your right. relationships, Absolutely. husband, wife, brother, uh -huh. sister, friends, community. And you are going to have opportunity. I guarantee it. It says in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. If I could, I'd get this put on my license plate. I don't know how much it would cost me, but I would. <laughs> it says, Jesus says, if you will abide in me, right. and my word abides in you, two requirements that we have to do, abide. He says, four benefits. Number one, you will ask for what you want, and it will be given to you, an effective prayer life. Number two, by this, you will bear much fruit. That's You're going to be a very influential, effectual mm -hmm. Christian. Number three, by this, my Father is glorified. That's our purpose on this planet is to glorify our Heavenly Father. And number four, Jesus says, I'll call you my disciple. Now, how many want to bear much fruit, have a, a powerful prayer life, 
Glorify your heavenly Father and have Jesus call you a disciple. And be the sons and daughters of God. Exactly right. What are you kidding? So that, yeah. that's the offer on the table. Wow. So God bless you all yes. for listening in, in this year, 2021. We look forward to special guests introducing ministries in the new year, God willing. Yes. And uh, just uh, thank you for your prayers for the station, too. Yes, you know, thank we you hope very to talk much more for your about support. That in, the, yep. in, the, in the new year. God bless you all. Have a very joyful Christmas and a blessed new year. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Take care. Happy holidays.